the Giant Size Man Things, episode two. Uh, this is Steve Garnett. We got Aaron Kelly over here. What's up, guys? And Jimmy Rouse. Hey, guys. And uh, well, the first thing I want to talk about is last week we talked about how Guardians of the Galaxy was coming out on Blu-ray. I thought I would go over to Best Buy and pick up one of the collector's edition steel books, but when I got there, there was like actually a crowd of people outside waiting to get in to get the steel book, and. Uh, so to my surprise, most of them were like really old people. There, there wasn't there. I didn't see anybody even close to my age there. But uh, uh, they're looking for Christmas gifts. Yeah, maybe, yeah. maybe so. But they, I, I, uh, I go in. I, I walk in. I'm walking back to the display because I heard um, somebody went and asked an employee where they were at, and he said, "Oh, they're at the display in the far back there." So I went to the far back. Unfortunately, I went to the wrong side of the display, and on the other side of the display, where some of the other people had gathered at, they only had two copies of it, and uh, a guy grabbed one, and then this lady grabbed it, and they had like a tug of war over the steel book until the guy <laughs> pushed the lady onto the ground and then ran off to the front to go pay for it. So people were sort of fighting over So So seriously, you just watched a grown-ass man push an old woman to the ground... Yeah. So that he could get a Blu-ray. That's right. For Guardians of the Galaxy. And it's Merry cra- Christmas, everybody. Merry it's Christmas. crazy. Those Merry are like, Christmas. Those are like triple <laughs> triple the price already on eBay. It was yeah. a huge collector's item. Yeah, and I figured they'd have a couple more than two, but it was pretty limited release, I guess. You would have thought, being that they've been pre-selling them for a month, they, they would have realized that there's going to be some demand oh, in, I know. In, in excess of what they might have originally planned for. <laughs> well, Aaron told me that they had sold out on the website. It was really far. Like, I mean, way in advance. Way before it came out. So I guess that should have been the key. That should have been the sign. <laughs> uh, we're uh, next week on the show. We're going to be doing a uh, a comic giveaway, but I'll talk a little bit more about that later. So that's something you might want to stick around for. Um, Let's go ahead and do our uh, comic picks of the week. Cool, cool. Well, I'll start. My comic pick for the week is uh, Afterlife with Archie number seven. Uh, yeah, I, I just real I realized that I just picked an Archie comic for my pick of the week. But <laughs> for those of you who are not familiar with it, with this, it's a zombie apocalypse in Riverdale, the town that the that the Archie comics have been set in for the last fifty or sixty years. And the story is really awesome, and they they're doing a seasonal format. And the, number seven is the it's the first part of the second season. Uh, and the, you know the the book is uh, it should very much appeal to Walking Dead fans or zombie fans in general. It's a good horror comic. Uh, I just I, I think that that uh, the the only you know the only real thing that uh, a lot of uh, uh, Walking Dead fans might have an issue with is there is magic. Being, you know, they, the magic is a part of the story, so there's that to consider. But it is, it's, it's a, it's a, it's a zombie apocalypse survival comic set with Archie characters. Awesome. Uh, my pick of the week is uh, Copperhead issue four. Um, for those not familiar, Copperhead is like a like a sci-fi western. It is about a sheriff who's a female and her son who go to this planet. Um, and she's like the new sheriff of this planet, and there's some crime and other things going on. Um, I don't want to say too much to spoil anything, but it is definitely one of my favorite series of this year so far. I agree. I'm a big fan of Copperhead myself. 
I uh, was going to make Copperhead my pick of the week, actually, until I read the first issue of Bitch Planet that came out by Kelly Sue DeConnick. Uh, this is a comic book that's it's pretty good. It has a lot of uh, like feminist underlying tones, um, but the comics itself, you know, it's basically you've got this this like artificial is is from as much as I can gather. You've got this artificial planet that serves as like a, a prison for women, and they like go and they drop the criminals off there, and like the way how they're treated in this prison is just crazy, but from what, like, there's obviously a lot going on that I don't know yet, because it's in its first issue, but, uh, it's really interesting, it's, it's all, got a lot of, uh, themes of non-compliance, uh, I would definitely recommend picking it up and checking it out, it's, it's, it's different, it's new. Cool, cool. I think DeConnick is one of the best writers in comics right now. I read a little bit of her Manifest Destiny stuff, which is a Western, and I thought that that was a fantastic book. You know, and she's taken she's taken a character in Marvel Comics that, uh, uh, you know, the, the character of Carol Lambert's, uh, who is Captain Marvel, and made that character far more awesome than she ever was before. So, you know, this is this is now one of the great characters in Marvel versus ever I think really everybody that's written that character previously had no idea what to do with her. All right. And uh, I want to say something real quick. Um, not everybody has a Facebook or likes us on Facebook, but we uh, we were approved for iTunes. So, so if you're listening to this and you use iTunes, you can subscribe um, and I guess they just... It just sort of, usually with iTunes users who subscribe to podcasts, you can set it up to where it just automatically downloads the new episode for you as it's released. So that's convenient for iTunes <laughs> users, and it's cool that we're on there, because we did have to get approved. <laughs> yeah. And I would also like to do a quick shout-out to uh, the Take 5 Oil Change, store number 19 in Baton Rouge, Louisiana. Uh, we found out that it's like a, a mechanical, like a car mechanical shop, and they... Uh, I guess they listened to us last week and are going to listen. So like, like in this, the shop? Yeah, this plays through the shop, and I guess all the customers get to hear us uh, rave. Which that's is, that's which hilarious. It's hard to imagine, like, a bunch of greasy guys, like... A bunch of mechanics listening yeah, to a bunch yeah. of nerds talk about comics. So, uh, well, I mean, I, I don't know. I mean, I'm kind of a car guy, too, so I can I can totally relate to, you know, thinking about comics and BSing about comics while I'm working on a car. Maybe so, all of the mechanics in Louisiana are like Jimmy. They could be, those poor <laughs> bastards. <laughs> awesome. Uh, so, you know, I've been reading the Marvel Axis series. A new book came out of that. And I'm sorry to tell this, but I'm gonna about, I'm about to drop a spoiler. So if you want to read Marvel Axis and if you haven't read it yet, pause the podcast, go read it right now, and then come back. But, uh... So, it doesn't really talk too much about it, but I just kind of wanted to talk about it for a second. It is revealed in, in Access Book 7 that uh, Quicksilver and Scarlet Witch are not Magneto's children after all. That's Yeah, I was reading about that online earlier. I, I think that that's, a, that's a kind of a, an interesting direction to go. I thought it was, it was cool how they did that, um, but then that, that kind of makes you wonder... Who is their dad? And I have to wonder, does it have anything to do with 
Fox using those characters in movies. Almost certainly. Because it seems like every character that Fox has a hold of, they're taking di- weird directions with them in the comics. Yeah, absolutely. I I can totally see them doing that. But they but but what the you know the and with the article that I was reading earlier, you know, is basically saying there's been do ex machina for those characters to be used different ways almost from the beginning they you know that they have uh they have an extensive uh connection to to the high evolutionary which is this character uh in marvel that's kind of like dr moreau you know from the island of dr moreau he he can genetically engineer animals into people and just he's he's all about furthering the evolution of man so you know, we don't know who their we don't know who their father is at this point. They may not have a father. Yeah, who knows? You know, it might be Bessie the cow. <laughs> I think it's worth mentioning. I'm pretty sure I could be wrong on this. Correct me if I'm wrong, but I'm pretty sure that they had already stated that Magneto is not Quicksilver and Scarlet Witch's father in Age of Ultron, the Avengers Age of Ultron movie. I. I have I hadn't heard that, but I, I I feel like I remember reading that somewhere because of, and that and that it was a decision they made obviously because they don't have you know X Men rights really right. So that was I wonder if even in the movie they'll be referred to as mutants or anything like that. Um, I, I'm 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 gonna bet not, but you know without Magneto being their dad, it's possible that they they're and you know with uh, with with the High Evolutionary. They may not. Also, if you look at the Scarlet Witch's powers, her powers are also magical. So that's true. They very they very easily could be magical powers. They could they could make it to where that they're like you know science experiments. Yes, absolutely. Which now that I say that that might be the case because and the only footage I've seen with them they're like locked up in rooms like like lab rats kind of. Yeah. So who knows? Well, I guess we'll find out, huh? I don't know if you guys have been following the uh, the Sony uh, email. Oh, the big leaks. leak. Yeah, the big leaks where some hackers hacked into Sony's emails. Yeah, let's talk about these 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 emails. Some, for a second. some things were just kind of crazy, and some things were were, were pretty shitty. Uh, example of shitty was I guess there is like potential of a Men in Black and Jump Street crossover, as in like the Jump Street twenty one and twenty two. Uh, I don't know who in the world thinks that is a good idea. Maybe it's about where the two guys from Jump Street uh, end up having to go undercover at like an alien college to catch some criminals, and the men in black have to step in because <laughs> it's too much for them to handle. And there was a uh, 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 <laughs> that's, that's a good idea. There that's was probably a, a better story than the one they had. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> there was a uh, Ryan Gosling. I guess is up for uh, or. It's like, you know, through the emails, I guess it's rumored. I don't think that thing is confirmed. It's just what is, like, in talks. Uh, Ryan Gosling, I guess, is up for uh, the reboot or whatever of Ghostbusters. I don't know if it's a reboot or if they're just doing, like, a part three. I know it was first mentioned. They I've been hearing about, about a new Ghostbusters, so I feel like, since I was a child. Yeah, I, <laughs> I don't think they know what they're doing with the Ghostbusters yet because I keep hearing about a reboot with an all-female cast. I heard about which, that. You know, I don't yeah. care. Cool. If it's Ghostbusters, it's Ghostbusters. If it's well done, it's, it's it. going to be good, you know? You know? And then uh, big comic book movie news is uh, Sony is once again wanting to reboot Spider-Man without, and this time it won't be without Andrew Garfield. I think that's the whole point of a reboot. Um, And it looks like there's like two potential storylines. One is that they want to maybe focus on an older Spider-Man. 
And, you know, there there was, you know, a point in the comic series where he, like, he did get married and he was, like, a high school science teacher. I don't know if that is, like, well, that's, the older that you know, that's, that's kind of what they're doing right now because it was, I think it came out, if it didn't come out this week, it comes out next week. There's a Spider-Man and the X-Men book coming out where Spider-Man is going to be teaching superhero ethics at the the Jean Grey school. But he does Jean have Grey a Academy. secret mission while he's there. Does he? He does, because that book comes after the Wolverine and the X-Men book. Yeah, it just ended because, you know, with Wolverine dying. So Spider-Man's basically taking his place as an instructor at the Jean Grey School okay. for Higher yeah. Learning or whatever it's called. And... Uh, he does, there is some other I forget off the top of my head exactly what it is I haven't read the first book yet but he does have some underlying mission that he's supposed to be working on while he's there okay and the cool, uh, cool. the the other uh, potential story arc for this reboot or whatever is uh, uh, it was also from the comic book series uh, it's called uh, Craven's Last Hunt it was a six issue story okay and it took place in Amazing Spider-Man 293 and 294 Spectacular Spider-Man 131, 132, and Web of Spider-Man 31 and 32. And uh, for those not familiar, Craven shoots old Spidey a bunch of times, buries him, thinking he's dead. He puts on the Spider-Man costume and goes and ults him. You know, he goes and fights criminals, pretty much. But uh, so that's like the two potential huh. story arcs. And I mean, you know, obviously, you know, old Spidey's going to come back. But I uh, feel like that they want to. You know, they recently have done these contract renegotiations with Marvel. And I feel like one reason they might want to reboot the Spider-Man series is to like reintroduce him into the Marvel movie universe, if that's a thing that's actually going to happen. Well, yeah, Aaron and I were talking about this uh, last night. And I, you know, what I said was I think that the smartest thing Sony could do would be just let Marvel have the character back. Yeah. And then when they release the movie, it'd be like, you know, Marvel Studios in association with Sony Pictures. Mm-hmm. Present Amazing oh, yeah. Spider-Man, you know, whether it's Craven's Last Hunt or Spider-Man Goes to Teach High School, whatever, whatever angle they go with there. I don't actually care. I don't. I don't need a retelling of Spider-Man's origin. Is all yeah. I care about. Everybody yeah, knows he was bitten by a radioactive spider and got the powers. All we want to see is Spider-Man. <laughs> and you know that would be their thing is because you know anything Spider-Man movie, it's gonna make millions and millions. Sony should just say, you know, you can do it. Give us, like, an X percentage. And, I mean, right. you know, it could be a low percentage, and you're going to get millions. I mean. Yeah, well, I mean, you know, and, <laughs> you know, I, it's, I, I don't think it should be outside the realm of possibility that, you know, Sony Studios or, or you know, Sony Pictures co-produces the movie with Marvel Studios, you know. It's like, well, we paid for half of it. Right. You know. Anyway, how it goes down, I'm, I hope that it, it, it's awesome. That's what I. That's my hopes. Yeah, I would love to uh, see more tie-ins to the Marvel mo- movie universe. Yes. I think it's cool. So, um, so you know, one of the so, some other things that uh, that are going on in comics right now is we, you and I had talked about uh, DC has announced their their next uh, series of. Uh, Variant covers, which is for the they're, they're the variant covers for the books shipping in February. Oh yeah, we got to talk about this because there's yeah. one in particular. There that is I'm getting. For well, there's sure. a, there's a couple in particular that I want to talk about. <laughs> yeah, let's do uh, this. Uh, but all of these movies are going to mimic uh, famous movie covers, uh, and you know these, some of these are awesome, some of them are funny. 
I, I just think it was a, I thought it was a very cool idea, you know, for for a series of covers. But I, you know, I'm, I'm pretty sure that you want to talk about the Justice League, so I'll let you say. Actually, believe it or not, the one I'm wanting to talk about is Aquaman oh, because a, I think it's hilarious. I was just about to ask. Okay, the Did Aquaman you, cover is like uh, is a parody of uh, Free the Willy. Free Willy movie poster. So it says <laughs> it says Aquaman like. Uh, at the top, like in the Free Willy font, and it shows Aquaman standing on a rock with his fist up, and Free Willy's jumping over him. <laughs> it's hilarious. <laughs> that is that awesome. is actually fantastic. I, I think I think probably the two that I saw that I thought were fantastic was well, there's three actually. Uh, uh, the Sin- there's a uh, the Sinestro issue, uh, the issue of Sinestro for that month is going to be uh, uh, a parody of the Westworld poster. Which is, you know, that's one of the great identifiable sci-fi posters mm-hmm. that's ever come out. Uh, and then there was uh, um, Grayson, which is uh, the the Nightwing character, Dick Grayson, the original Robin. Uh, his uh, his cover is going to parody Enter the Dragon, uh-huh. and it's awesome. Sweet. Uh, and I just went completely blank on the third one. <laughs> Ma- one of the Batman comics is a parody of the Mask. Yes, that was it. Okay, okay, yeah. It's, and it's with uh, the Joker. Yeah, it's it's the ma- it's the mask. Uh, it's the poster for the mask, but it's the Joker, and it's really cool. But um, I question, I have questions about some legality in that because the mask is a Dark Horse comic. Well, technically, I think because there's like a uh, but it was some a, kind of a parody well, law that probably yeah, lets, gets them through that. Yeah, and I think Warner Brothers may have been behind the movie on you know the mask movie, and then it, so you know I guess it, they would still own some some degree of the the right the and, uh, rights to that. Being a big fan of uh, Purple Rain, I like the Batgirl. One. Oh yeah, that, the that, Purple Rain. Yeah, one. That yeah, one's yeah. Awesome I didn't know too. you were a big fan of Purple Rain, but okay. <laughs> <laughs> Hopefully, we'll, uh, hopefully that will get, get cut out and that, you know, the world will know. But. Oh, this is going to be uncut. <laughs> yeah, we've, we've already got that explicit warning on iTunes, man. I know. Keep it. So <laughs> we, we have, have to make fun of you. That's what the explicit warning is about. You it's like about Purple Rain. rain. <laughs> if, you, if you talk about Prince in a podcast, then you have to put explicit on. Should we? Uh, explicit. Well, wait, wait. It's the artist formerly known as Prince. Yeah. Uh, wait, I thought he went back to being Prince. Did he? I, I, thought, thought, he was just he a, I thought he was still just a symbol. Just a symbol. <laughs> that should be his new name, just a symbol. Uh, should we, uh, Who can keep up with this? Should we, <laughs> should why, we why discuss the, uh, the Justice League, or should we just say what it is and leave it at that? We can discuss it, or it's, we can just say it. <laughs> it's, a, it's a magic mic, right? Justice League and, America, it's you Magic know, Mike. I, I have no issue with that. I think it's funny that you know, the, especially Batman on the cover, where he's still wearing the cowl and the <laughs> and the the cowl and the and the and the uh, the utility belt. Got to keep that secret identity you know, intact. Yeah, I, <laughs> I, I laughed and laughed over that. It's pretty funny looking, yeah. but. <clears throat> You know, there's there's been uh, there's been a little bit of a, a little bit of discussion of, of over sexualization of, of of comic book characters going on recently, and and uh, so I'll, I'll be curious to see if anything's said about this one. I doubt it. I honestly I do doubt it. I think we probably just discussed it more than anybody's going to. Probably. <laughs> probably, probably, we're the only ones that even mentioned so, it. Yeah, three guys in a room talking about make half-naked superheroes on the cover of a comic book that don't exist yet. The uh, <laughs> the uh, the list for Free Comic Book Day 2015 was leased. Uh, free Comic Book Day is always the first Saturday in May, which happens to be May the second of next year. 
Mark your calendars, boys and girls. I can run through these if you want. If we want to talk betting, we can. Yeah, that's cool. uh, Dark Horse is putting out the one I'm after. They're putting out your first preview for Fight Club 2. Nice. Uh, that's, you want to get your hands on that, I would think. Not only is it Fight Club 2, but you also get the goon and the strain. You get like three stories that's in nice. one issue. Nice. Now, correct me if I'm wrong. Fight Club 2, the comic series, or... Is it gonna be a whole series? I think or? it's actually. Yeah. You, it's just a graphic. Well, oh, it's, it's a graphic I think novel. It, I think it's a graphic novel, and then I also heard it was gonna be more than one. Okay. Uh, and it is actually set whatever the time frame's been. It's 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 set ten years after. It, so it does book. serve as the a yeah. sequel to the movie yeah. or the book. Nice. Or well, either. Yeah, I guess it would be probably both. Either, but uh, Chuck Palahniuk, the writer of the book, is he also wrote. The comics, so oh, that's awesome. I, I'm actually, I've, I'm pretty excited about that. I've been waiting on that for a while, and uh, so it's nice to see that they're finally starting something with it. Steve, for you, uh, the publishing company United Plankton Pictures is putting out a SpongeBob Freestyle Funnies. Oh yeah, I can't wait to get my hands on that. Uh, Titan, <laughs> Titan Comics is putting out a Doctor Who special. That's cool. Viz Media is putting out a Pokemon. That's all it said. There was no. I would rather read that than the SpongeBob Freestyle. Uh, Marvel's putting out a Secret Wars. Image is putting sense. out Savage Dragon Legacy number one. Uh, That's awesome because I, uh, you know, I kind of, I kind of want to give a shout out to Eric Larson. Uh, he his uh, his book Savage Dragon was one of the flagship books uh, from the start of Image Comics yeah. in the nineties. Just hit its two hundredth issue, and I, I think it's just great that he's been able to keep that book running that, that long. And you know, I mean, he he. Pretty well, single-handedly does the does the book, you know, mm-hmm. uh, and you know the uh, of the original books. The only the only other one that's still running is Spawn. Mm-hmm. So you know, I really I really think he deserves a lot of credit for you know, and I I understand he has some hand in the publishing end of the, of the company too, but credit where credit's due. No, I, I mean I read Savage. Dude is hung in the fight. When I was a kid and 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 reading comic books like. As far as image goes, because you know they were a much smaller company back then than they are yeah. now. That was the two books by then that I got was Spawn and Savage Dragon. I think right. that was the only thing I was buying by Image like when I was a kid. Yeah. So it's cool that they're still around. Now I will. This is a little unrelated, but if you do want to check out a copy of Spawn number eight, just visit any comic book shop in the world. They'll have it. Yeah. <laughs> they must have printed like five million gazillion <laughs> copies of that book. I find it everywhere all the time. It's it's I think it's so funny how often I see a copy of Spawn Red, I'm including a copy of it in the giveaway that I'll be talking about later. Excellent, excellent, because that'll be one less in circulation. Yes. <laughs> to uh, finish this list up real quick, uh, IDW is putting out uh, Transformers: Robots in Disguise issue zero. Dynamite's putting out Bob's Burgers, which is a television show, and uh, DC. They wouldn't release. They said it's such a big announcement that it is top secret oh. until February. Nice. Top secret so, until February. Wonder what it's well, going to be. Who knows? <laughs> well, with it being in February, I'm going to bet that it has something to do with uh, all that convergence, convergence stuff. Convergence, yes. I went black. I'm, I'm terrible today. Oh, that's okay. Like, we're here to back you up. We're here to talk on the radio, and I can't talk. <laughs> you know, this is not. The I'm radio. hoping that it's not convergence. I'm hoping that it, that their big secret is a new Captain Carrot comic, huh? And the yeah. Zoo Crew. <laughs> Captain Carrot and the Zoo Crew. And that what For called? some reason, yeah. I always forget about the Zoo Crew. I always forget I mean, about Captain Carrot, too, but I forget about the Zoo Crew more. 
You got all of this cartoon physics, you know. Oh yeah. Yeah, yeah. I, that was actually, you know, in the, in the first issue of Multiversity, that was probably the coolest thing yeah. that happened. <laughs> it smashed flies a pancake, just pops back up, you know. That is that is what. That's the only one that I actually have is the issue with Captain Carrot. <laughs> I never picked up the rest of them. I should, if I still can. Let's see, Thor three. Anybody read Thor three this week? No, I did not. I, I didn't. I didn't get a copy. No, that's a. I'm actually. I never was a Thor fan, but I'm actually liking this new, this new twist on Thor. Like you know, basically Thor isn't uh, worthy to hold the hammer anymore. So Freya picks up the hammer. I, I'm. I feel like it's supposed to be her. It never really says that, but it makes it seem like it, definitely. Okay, well, you know, I, th- th- I'm glad you brought that up because I was having a conversation with somebody about that the other day, and they pointed out something that I had that I hadn't caught, and I have read the first two issues, and that's when she's speaking, she sounds like, you know, any of Thor's compatriots from Asgard. You know, right. it's, a, it's a very Asgardian way of, way of speech, but when she's thinking to herself... It's not. Right. It's yeah, not, I had noticed it's that. Not, it's not Asgardian speech patterns. So he, you know, this other dude that I was talking to doesn't think that it's Freya. I wondered because of the way how they act in the book. Yeah. But it made it seem like that it was in the first issue, definitely. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, I, and I agree with you. But, but and, you know, after having that conversation with him, I was like, damn, he's right. You know, it's like who... You know, and, and you know, it, I, and it's not a spoiler because it's just one person's opinion, but he was of the opinion that it's Jane Foster. Interesting. Maybe. Who knows? I, I don't know how she got to the moon, but I guess we'll just keep reading it and find out. It's another book that's been reading, being written by Jason Aaron, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I it, He's doing a good job with it, I will say that. He's a he's a pretty solid writer. I've I've enjoyed uh, Southern Bastards quite a bit. Which is Wrath, which was yes. a pick of mine last week. Yeah. Uh, so, I guess if we don't have anything else to do, I'm, I'm, I want to do a couple of reviews this week. Let's do it. We were gonna do we were gonna do reviews last week and we forgot them. Sorry. No, no problem. We're gonna so, we're gonna we're gonna look at my reviews this week. And I I had initially intended to do three reviews every week, but I'm gonna do two. Instead, and I'm going to do uh, one relatively recent book and one older book. So my first review for this week is going to be uh, Caliban, which is Garth Ennis' most recent series. Uh, uh, the uh, art was done by this guy, Facundo Percio, and I really hope I pronounced that right. If, if you I didn't, didn't <laughs> if I didn't, don't forget I'm us. very sorry. I hope. Uh, it's an Avatar Press, an Avatar press book. Uh, uh, the the series is recently com- uh, completed and it consists of seven issues. Uh, and this is, uh, as far as I know, it's Ennis's first kind of foray into sci horror. Um, uh, you know, and anybody who uh, who's been reading comics for the last few years will sh- certainly remember. You know, certainly recognize Garth Ennis's name. He's written Preacher for DC, The Boys for Dynamite. Hit yeah, Hitman was another good one. Great book. I mean, with characters like the Dog Welder, who can, yeah. you can't go wrong. <laughs> Absolutely, and that's you know that's typical. You know, he has a, he has a bizarre sense of humor. Oh, um, <laughs> and my my tablet has turned off. Okay. Uh, anyway, the uh, the namesake the namesake of the series is is a star is the name of the starship, which is the setting for the entire series. The uh, Caliban. So, yeah, it is the Caliban. It's a, it's a mining vessel in deep space. 
And in the first couple pages of the story, the narrating character explains that mankind's time among the stars has been very boring uh, because all of the old movies and sci-fi novels that everybody read was wrong. They were all wrong. And, and, and in that, what they mean is that in all the years of being out in space, there's never been any contact with aliens of any in any form, and that there hadn't even been any uh, other inhabitable pl inhabitable planets discovered, and that, that really, essentially, all their space travel has amounted to has been going out into the most dangerous situations imaginable, and mining to send vast amounts of material back to Earth to make other people rich. You know, so it's very kind of a droll, you know, start to the series, and it's it's. Uh, it's told from the <clears throat> told from the 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 point of view of like a systems analyst on board the ship. The first okay. issues, and then then, the, then then kind of the story kind of takes off, and you just follow the story, right? Um, but uh, I I thought it was a cool way to set up some backstory. You know, they're they're setting up a couple of hundred years in just a couple of pages there by doing you know by saying that stuff. Um, but that's always uh, cool. Well, history. Mostly. You know, you've got you. You know, and you really they 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 don't give you a specific time frame for when this story is going on. It's just given that it's the far future because you have these vast space cruiser, cruisers, faster than light travel. And, you know, um, so there there's a lot of stuff going on out there, but nothing nothing good. And so in the the first issue of the series they're out on a you know they're out on a, a ship and they're in hyperspace or you know they're faster than light speed or whatever whatever uh and they're just cruising along and and uh, the ship hits another ship hmm. but it's not another ship from earth right it's an alien ship it is an alien ship they have hit an alien ship in hyperspace <laughs> and so it's my uh, worst nightmare right there yeah well you know <laughs> I hate it when that happens, but uh, the the very very quickly after the after the the initial collision, they figure out that the ships didn't necessarily collide so much as they just kind of merged into one another. Hmm. So there's walls where there didn't used to be walls. Uh, you know, probably three quarters of the Caliban's crew has died. Oh, when you this know what? Because you, yeah, I, I've talked to you about this book yes. before a while back. Yeah, when you said that part about the walls, I was like, yeah. wait a minute, I've heard this before. <laughs> but uh, you know, it's like, but you know, people, you know, people merged halfway through walls and died, which that know, would suck. And so the, you know the. They they're having a lot of problems too. You know, you know they're they're down to a skeleton crew because so many people died. And uh, uh, what they get into there is that the, the the what atmosphere they have in their ship is now bleeding into the other ship, which is far larger than theirs. You know, so they're they're trying to find out how many crew members they've got left. So you know, crew members that didn't die when the ships merged, they're just wandering around in the other ship trying to find their way back to their ship. And you know, one of the people that was on, that was lost in the other ship like that is this this uh, he's a science officer, I guess, or maybe he might have been a medical officer. But this guy is like he he's emotionally dead. You know, he's he, it's you know everything's raw data to him. So he's uh, he's wandering around the ship the alien ship and he finds something and they're making note while they're just like they're you know while even while they're you know wandering around trying to find one another they make note of there's no crew on the other ship so not only that they've hit a ghost ship uh -huh. 
So there's, there's, you know, they're, you know, why are we not seeing anybody? You know, are they dead? Eventually, the, you know, this guy finds something, and you don't initially find out what it is that he's found. And so as the story goes on, uh, it cuts back to him from time to time, and he has found like an alien lab, and has started looking at video files in the lab, stuff like this, and starts injecting himself with this stuff. And then it cuts away from him and goes back to the other. You know, it goes back to the other, uh, you know, his crew, and they're, you know, they've started sealing off decks to try to keep their to keep their atmosphere in their ship, and the systems analyst is still alive, and she's written a program a, a program so that their ships, the Caliban's computers, can communicate with the other ship's computers because the other ship has power. There's just nobody on board. So they start as they start going out into the other ship and like sealing off hatches and and you know locking everything down so that they don't lose their atmosphere and may, maybe can get back to Earth or at least get to a place where they can send a message and get somebody to come and get them. Uh, they run across uh, this huge gallery of dead alien animals. They're like all they're like in all in these hypersleep tubes, but they're all dead. You know, and it's hundreds upon hundreds upon hundreds of them. And so, <clears throat> as the, as the the peop, as those people find that gallery, they leave there, and they're going to go back to the to, you know to the command center on the Caliban to tell what they found. They run up on this science officer, and he just kills them. You know, he's gone crazy. You think? And so, as the story goes on, there's there's a a, a lot of stuff happens there, but uh, but it turns out that he's not crazy. And they eventually find out what happened with the other ship, and then they find out that the ship's that ship's been floating in hyperspace since like the year thirteen hundred ninety three or something like that. Oh, crazy! And the reason that they never find the other, you know, the, the they never find any of the other crew is because they didn't have skeletons. They were like their their skeletal structure was made entirely of cartilage, so they've long ago turned to dust and blown away inside the ship. But it's a it's it's a very cool sci-fi series, and uh, uh, I thought I thought it would make a pretty cool movie. You know, it's it's, uh, it's not the best sci-fi series I've ever read, but you know, for somebody's first try at that, at, a, at a new genre, it, it was pretty good. But definitely worth reading. Awesome, I'll have to and, check it out. It sounds awesome. And this was a miniseries, correct? It was a miniseries. It was seven issues. It's over. <laughs> you know, you can just go out, pick it up. You know, I, you may have to get somebody to order it for you because it, it, it is an Avatar book and, you know, some, some comic shops don't keep all of their stuff on the shelf. Right. So, but de definitely, a, definitely a cool series and had some pretty cool little twists in the end of it. Well, I'll have to definitely get to get into that one. That sounds awesome. Unfortunately, uh, <clears throat> I got to thinking, I remember last time on the show I was talking about, I was excited about the book Scorier's. Yes. Well, I wasn't subscribed to it, and I didn't get anyone to order it for me, and nobody around here got that book in. Nobody in Asheville, which is like an hour and a half from here or so, or so maybe a little less than that, got the book in. So I had to order it, and so it still hasn't come yet. Maybe that would have been my pick of the week. Well, you know... I don't I, know. I, I was it's coming. It's coming. I was looking at, I was looking at something, though... Um, the other day, and that book is actually on the shipping list for this coming week. Really? Yeah. So it may not have come out yeah, last it week. May have got delayed. <laughs> <laughs> well, then I might end up with a couple of copies of it after all. Well, I kind of wanted know, to get a couple of copies of it. Just you in know, case. I'm going to give it a try just because of what you told me about it. You know, I was it like, looks sweet. You know, I think it's going to be a short series. Yeah, initially, oh yeah, I would expect that. But I mean, initially, I was like, nah, that's stupid. Then I thought, well, I read Mouse Guard. 
and I love Mouse Guard. That's that is you know, in one of my opinions, one of the best books that hits. Mouse Guard is awesome. Uh, and there's really not a hell of a lot of difference between you know Squarriors and Mouse Guard. It's you know anthropomorphic warriors. So let's go. You know, let's do this. I want to see squirrels do battle. <laughs> I want to see a squirrel cut off a rat's head in battle. <laughs> I've been wanting to see this since I was a child. Do you, do you think <laughs> with a battle axe? With a battle axe, small one. Do you think this could potentially be better than the comic book Foreskin Man or whatever that comic book? Series? For anybody who doesn't know what Foreskin Man is, Hang Foreskin. On. I've been reading comics for a lot of years. You've heard, heard, heard of Foreskin Man? Well, I'm about to tell you. Foreskin Man is like a super independent comic, right? Okay. And uh, you have to order. It's print to order. Really? Like, but you can. I forget what website it is. You can get on, and they just have a bunch of independent comics you can order. But they. These guys have put their comic Foreskin Man on uh, that this indie publishing site where you can print to order it. And now, before I tell you what it's actually about, like I'm not wanting to jump on either side of this debate right now and have like a political discussion about this issue. But basically, this comic book is about it's basically a propaganda piece for the people who are against circumcision. But it's so screwed up in the way how they do it. Like, I can understand, you know, being against that, sure. But this comic book is offensive about it. Like, there's, there, there'll be, like, a part where a team of evil Jews have, like, a baby held down and they're trying to circumcise it and Foreskin Man will come save the baby. He's, like, a superhero. Like, it is so ridiculous of a book. And there's a, uh, Just look it up. You can actually read it on the on their website. And he's Just gonna, go find it, dude. It's so absurd. I'll run right out and do that. It's so a, weird. Man. A woman, what is her name? A vulva like, girl. Vulva she's girl. part of the universe. Vulva girl. And okay. she, now, she fights against female genital mutilation, which I can get behind that because there's not too much... I, I mean, <laughs> that's... Female genital mutilation, mutilation is screwed up. But, like, I don't know how they depict it, you know what I mean? Like, I haven't seen anything with that. All I've seen is foreskin men with the evil Jews. <laughs> like, they make the Jew guys look so evil that I was like, oh my god, this is screwed up. A little wow. ridiculous. <laughs> A little ridiculous. Well, you know, I mean, that's the cool thing about comics. It's like, you know, 30 years ago, there's no way in hell something like that would ever have been printed. No, no you way. You know, we used to have this, the Comics Code Authority, which was, for all intents and purposes, just... Out and out, complete. Just about. I mean, it wasn't government control, but if a comic didn't have that CCL, like that Comics Code Authority approval sticker on it, a lot of retailers wouldn't put it in their store. You know, it didn't matter what the content of the book was, and the rules were ridiculous. You know, and so you know this. And this is now a thing of the past, but it it was it, it carried on for entirely too long. It started. In the late fifties, early sixties, and just was um, all all the way up until just you know within the last ten years, you stopped seeing the CCA code on the, the Marvel and DC were the last comic companies that even cared about it. Wow. But even even you know back in the seventies, both of those companies kind of decided that they needed to address you know kids using drugs, and they wanted to do like anti drug issues in like they did uh, they did it in Spider Man and Marvel. Uh, uh, which I don't remember exactly what issue it was, but there's there was a, an issue in Amazing uh, of Amazing Spider-Man that dealt with it, and then Green Arrow. It was a Green Arrow and Green Lantern, the Green Arrow and Green Lantern series that ran back, you know, at the, around the same time. Uh, they did, uh, you know, an issue in DC, and 
the CCA refused to give them approval. So because of the drug use, because of the drug use, and the, and you know it was definitely depicting drug use in a negative light. But the CCA was like, well, no, no, we're not going to approve that. And, and you know, I, I give credit where credit's due. Marvel and DC both are like, well, we're going to release it anyway. Good. You know, <laughs> it's like, <laughs> well, you can't pretend like this is not happening. You right. Know, yeah, you exactly. Know? But, you know, it's like, and the, the, the Green Arrow, you know, the Green Arrow, Green Lantern issue that, that, uh, the, that dealt with is like, it's one of the iconic covers in comics when, you know, it's like basically... Green Arrow and Green Lantern walk in, and even on the cover, you know, they walk in and they catch Speedy, uh, Green Arrow's sidekick, shooting up with heroin. You know, so they 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 really took it home right there. It's like we're going to put heroin use right on the cover of the book. You know, and I'm sorry I'm beating on the table again. For those of you who noted the thumps in last week's episode, that was me. We like to beat on tables here. Yes. And that, that thump wasn't Speedy in the corner shooting up. So. No, it was not Speedy <laughs> in, the, in the corner shooting up. What a junkie he is, man. And, you know, I mean, that that, that was, that was you know, I've, I've always followed stories like this. Like, you know, there were a lot of books... And a lot of companies that went under just because they couldn't get CCA approval, but some some of the CCA's approval like approval guidelines were ridiculous. Like you can't show a woman's leg above the knee. We definitely wouldn't have books like Zombie Tramp. We would not have books like Zombie Tramp. For for anybody who's curious about Zombie Tramp, it is an adult book that is wittily written, so it's pretty funny about a, a prostitute that has zombie powers, or like an ex Vegas prostitute, I guess, or. Something like that. Right. It's, it's it's out there. It's weird. You want to see a zombie girl kick a, a zombie Elvis ass? Check out Zombie Girl. Yeah. Or Zombie Tramp. <laughs> zombie Tramp. Yeah, jeez. Yeah, so I'm calling it Zombie Girl. I, I, but, and, like you know, I'm, gl- I'm kind of glad you brought that up since we were talking about Free Comic Book Day earlier. That's That's been, you know, there are, uh, on Free Comic Book Day, you see a lot of trial books. You know, right. books that are just like, well, we're going to throw this out there and see if it bites. Well, that one did. You know, it's like I had never heard of Zombie Tramp before like, Free Comic Book Day last year. And now everybody's reading it. Even yeah. I'm reading it. Even <laughs> I'm reading it. I mean, it. it's 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 uh, it's apparently very, uh, you know, cleverly written and, and quite humorous. You know, quite humorous stories. But uh, uh, I was kind of happy to see something take off like that. Yeah, it's it's pretty cool. It sold me in this scene where she just beats a bunch of guys' asses and it shows her walking off and she says, uh, she's like, I'm out of here. And then in a little speech balloon under it, she's like, fucking losers. <laughs> just, just, funny, just the way how it was set up made me laugh. Zombie Tramp. Zombie Tramp. That's fantastic. So, I, yeah, I guess I said, uh, I'd said I was going to do two, two reviews so I could do the other one now. Number review number two. Review number two. Well, this is the older book. I'm gonna. T- I'm trying to. I'm trying to do some older books because there are a lot of new people collecting right now. So that you know, I feel like there are some stories that came out in the past that they that they may not know about. It's like books that you might overlook and sometimes pay attention to. It's uh, cool to go back and check out some of the older stories. I know that that's something that I'm needing to do with how much I've missed. You know. You don't have to read the new Fifty Two if you don't want to. No, you can go back and pick <laughs> up old stuff. Well, so review number two. Here we so go. my second review is going to be this series that uh, Xenoscope Entertainment released. Uh, just uh, it's only a couple of years old. 
Uh, it's called Fly, and then there was a sequel called Fly the Fall. Okay, I've actually heard of this book. Too too many series. Um, they were written by this guy Ra- Raven Gregory. It's a, in my opinion, it's the best book that Xenoscope's ever come out. It, it was definitely under the radar. I can't think of anything else that I know of the time that they did release. Did they popular? do all. They do all, well. I mean, they do all those grim fairy tales. Oh, okay. Books. I know. So, yeah, I know all the of them. I mean, and those are those are you know ridiculously popular. Uh, and I've you know, Xenoscope kind of still does. They they kind of the books kind of look like nineties bad girl comics. You know, there's there's definitely a lot of suggestive TNA going on in there. Yeah. But people who read these books are dogged fans, man. They're you know they're they're they're. Their stories are fantastically well written. They're crossing over all these different grim fairy tales into you know into other books, but it's not the classic grim fairy tales. Right. Like they're they're very much their own thing at this point. Um, so you know, I mean, Xenoscope's Zen- definitely doing their own thing as far as as far as the you know comic industry goes. But I want to talk about Fly. Uh, it was released back in 2011, uh, followed by a second volume in 2012 called uh, titled The Fall. Um, <clears throat> Series were really overlooked uh, because they they were not the books were not pressed really hard. You know there was not a, not a lot of new, you know comic news coverage over what you know what went on in the books. So the, the, nobody really paid any attention to them. Uh, and it tells uh, the the book tells the tale of uh, three young people over spending span of years using a series of flashbacks. Uh, these three characters Eddie, Francis, and Danielle meet in high school first. Uh, you know, you have Eddie and Francis, who are both friends, uh, and they're later joined by Danielle. Ooh, Danielle. Yes, Danielle. Well, Dan. And as the as the story advances, you learn that Fr- uh, you know Francis and uh, Francis befriends Eddie after uh, the latter character there has saved him from a, a group of bullies, and so as for, you know as repayment, Francis tells Eddie, "Hey, man, come you know, it's like come by the house later. I'll get you high." Oh yeah, boys. Yeah, yeah. A little drug <laughs> use in this book. Don't let your kids read it. Unless your kids use drugs already. Well, they you know. probably do. <laughs> <laughs> um, but no, it, it's just pot. You know, uh, no, actually, it's not. It's not pot. Oh, never mind. It's not pot. Um, you know, and, you know, Eddie, Eddie being a, a somewhat disaffected fellow, <laughs> readily agrees, yeah, man, all right, <laughs> you know, great. <laughs> So you know, just a, a few a few hours later, Eddie uh, Eddie shows up at Francis's parents' house, uh, and uh, you know when he gets there, it's, he's kind of surprised to find find out that Francis's parents are apparently quite well off, mm-hmm. huge vast mansion. Right, they're rich, and so. Um, they go in and Francis tells him he's like, "Well, this drug they're going to use is super secret. Nobody knows about it. No, you know his his dad uses it, but he doesn't even know that his son knows about it, right? So he you know sneaks into his dad's study and opens the opens the safe and he pulls out two syringes, and they shoot up. And at that point, you find out when he said you're going to get high, that was exactly what he meant because the drug gives them the ability to fly. Oh, right. You see what they did there? Yeah." It's a play on words, but, uh, you know, and, and then later in the story, you also find out that it, that, that it gives them a, a limited degree of superhuman strength. Not, not very much, but, you know, definitely, definitely far more than they would normally be, you know, naturally be capable of. And so, uh, 
after they uh, after they get high, they just kind of go out flying around that night. You know, there's there's uh, and, and actually I saw uh, I saw this scene in a movie where basically the same ha- thing happens. They're like flying around and they almost get killed by a jetliner. You know. <laughs> <laughs> Which I thought was I thought it was a I thought it might have been might have been a little little hats off from the movie to the comic there, um, but uh, stop this. Uh, so anyway, that they they, uh, they they kind of kind of become pretty good friends, and they'll they'll do this from time to time. And so uh, later, uh, Eddie meets this girl Danielle, and he kind of they they kind of start seeing one another a little bit, and through the series of flashbacks. You find out Danielle has a terrible home life, like her mother has passed away, her stepfather is sexually and physically abusing her, and so you know they they kind of bring her in, and she goes out with them flying one night, and uh, Eddie goes to her house one night to pick her up, and her dad, her stepdad is, uh, I don't, they never come straight out and say that he was you know molesting her at that time, but he keeps knocking on the door, and the old man will come down to the you know he'll come down to the door, and there'll be nobody there. Go back upstairs, knock on the door again. Go back downstairs. Well, like the third or fourth time he does this, Eddie grabs him and just flies him up because he had seen what was going on through the window because he right. can fly. Just kind of flies him up into the stratosphere and drops him and kills him. That's a brutal move. <laughs> yeah, Actually, there's vultures that do that. Yes. There's kind of species of vultures that kills their prey in that way. I did not know that. I think that's maybe where they got the idea from. Possibly so. <laughs> And so, you know, the, uh, the, after that, you know, he and Danielle pretty much become an item. They're, they're dating. And lives are going on. They're still going out and getting high and going flying. And, uh, you know, they, they go off and do their own thing a little bit. And so um, Francis comes home one day and find, you know, basically walks in, and this guy is murdering his dad. Like, walks in, walks in on this guy murdering his dad, but the guy has the powers from the drug. Like he, he can fly. He has superhuman strength, but it's to a much greater degree than the drug ever gave him, right? Mm-hmm. And so that's how the series ends. It, it, it kind of ends on this really kind of droll note, you know, what happened? You know, they they've kind of gone off and done their own thing, and Francis's dad has died, and he swore sworn vengeance on this guy. And the story picks up in the you know in the second series, um, and uh, in the in the second series. Stuff goes with uh, Eddie and Danielle because they've gotten married, and Eddie decides he doesn't want to use anymore. Like he doesn't want to mess with the drug anymore because it's causing problems in their relationship, and so he stops. And he's, you know, he's her hookup on the drug. She didn't want to stop. Mm. You know, it kind of gets into the psychology of somebody that's been really victimized their whole life when they're not when they're not weak anymore. And so he's, and even this is told as a series of flashbacks, like their relationship is now over. So it's suggested that a number of years have passed. Um, and so really the storyline is taking place in two different timelines. And so he, he kind of goes off and starts a new life for himself. And when she starts running out of the amount of drug, whatever amount of drug that she had, she comes to find him and finds out that he's dating some girl like she goes she does the crazy girlfriend bit and like you know kind of kidnaps the girl and this is really when you find out about the super strength for the you know for their side too that that's been given them super strength because she comes in and basically beats Eddie to with to a pulp like to within an inch of his life mm-hmm. <clears throat> yeah 
good series, man. Uh, but uh, so definitely worth checking out. Yeah, yeah. The the it, it gets really interesting though when you know Eddie is afraid of her, and he you know she's gonna kill his girlfriend, so he goes to see Francis, and Francis is like, well, you know, you know what happened with my dad? I can turn the powers off, and that's where the story gets really interesting. Mm. Now, what's the name of this book again? One uh, time? The first series was just called Fly. Fly. And then the second series is called Fly the Fall. Fly the they, Fall. They, both, they came out in 2011, 2012. I'd like to say you could walk into a comic book store and pick them up, but you're probably going to have to go with eBay, some kind of a second, secondary market on that, uh, because the, it was it was hard to find on the shelf when it was new. Yeah. But... Fortunately, a lot of good stuff is that way. Yeah, man, it's like that, that's kind of why I'm doing this. Like that's that's a great book that I felt like should have gotten a whole lot more exposure when it was you know when it was hitting the stands. Um, and you know the the guy that wrote it, Raven Gregory, he has you know he's kind of kind of gone like he's done some stuff for uh, Image and Marvel both, I believe. And right now he's not writing for anybody because he's decided to start his own company. Interesting. So I'm going to kind of kind of try to keep up with what's going on with him because th- this was a great story. Cool. Well, that sounds good. Sounds good to me. Mm, 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 that was some good soup. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, let's see. Let's talk about the giveaway for a second here. Yeah. We, I, we've got a stack of somewhere close to 20 comics. We're going to be giving away in a bundle. The way how you can win these comics is all you have to do is like our Facebook page, and then there will be a photo or a picture that has contest information on it and in, that you can share on Facebook. So you share the picture, like the page, your name will be entered into a drawing, and you could win a stack of comics that includes, of course, a Man-Thing comic. There's uh, two, both covers of the, uh, the Harley Quinn Holiday Special. Uh, there, there's a, a few more Harley Quinn comics I'm throwing into this first giveaway. That's right, I said first giveaway. There will be more giveaways in the future. Free stuff! Free stuff. So be sure to get in on board with that, and we'll announce the winner next week on the show. Don't forget to check out our weekly picks, Bitch Planet, Afterlife with Archie, and Copperhead. Three awesome books. Uh... Sort of lost my th- train of thought there, but I was actually going to say. <laughs> <laughs> Our website's www.giantsizemanthings.com. There's some kind of crazy bug flying around in here. Uh, what the hell is that? A stink bug? bug. It's a stink bug. It, there's a damn stink bug in our room. You can get on our website, uh, check out, we've got all of our social networking information up there if you want to follow us on Instagram or Twitter, or you can find a link to our Facebook page there, so you can get in on that comic contest giveaway. And we're hoping to have like t-shirts and stickers and stuff soon, so... Yeah, we're working on that stuff. Might be a little bit, but it is something that's going to happen. Yeah. Long-range plans. All right, that was a good show. Thanks, everyone, for listening. Steve Garnett, I'm out. James Rouse, I'm out. Aaron Kelly, and I'll be here forever. Because <laughs> <laughs> I got nowhere else to go. Well, this is your house that we're doing this in. So. I literally just stay in this room and wait till Sundays. So. <laughs> I'm like, come on any day now, I'll be back. <laughs>